What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Chris Bolton, man. We back at it again. Another episode of Check Up with Chris Bolton. Woo! Hey, if you already ain't doing so, man, go ahead and subscribe. Leave a five-star review for your boy one time. I will greatly appreciate you if you do that. But hey, man, we back at it again. It's Thursday. You know what day it is. You know what day it is. NBA restart day, man. The league is back. God is good. All the time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. We need this right here, man. This past week, we had the scrimmages. Now the official game start. The regular season is back before we get into playoff action. Tonight, we got the Pelicans and the Jazz. Lakers, Clippers is going down. I'm excited. I don't know about y'all. But I'm ready, man. I'm ready to see some basketball, some real basketball. We get back at it tonight. Now, before I talk about that, uh, also going to be talking about uh, in the podcast, giving my top international players for the upcoming NBA draft. So we're going to do that as well. But yeah, man, the NBA is back. So just to talk about tonight. Also, actually, before we even do that, I just want to give a shout out to the NBA because the, the bubble is working. It's looking like the only way to have pro sports without anything just popping off is to have the bubble and the NBA is doing everything that they're supposed to do. Dr. Fauci backed them. And look, if Dr. Fauci is out here saying that you're doing good. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the that's the person whose opinion matters the most right now. He's saying the NBA doing what they got to do. Hey, then the NBA's doing what they got to do. So shout out to the NBA for making this happen, doing it safely. So, you know, Sil Adam Silver, hey, we see you. But yeah, man, Jazz Pelicans. So, you know, as we head into the restart and uh, with the games, you know, becoming official now, I expect teams like the Pelicans, who they're fighting to get in the playoffs, they're going to come out the gate playing hard. I don't know about some of the other top teams. I think some of the top teams still might be like the – like the Clippers and Lakers, I don't know if they're going to really just go hard tonight. We'll see. You know, the battle of competition sometimes gets the best of people. You, you're expecting to play one way, and you end up playing a full-blown just dogfight game. But I think um, I think the Pelicans going to come out swinging, man. They, this, is, this is the playoffs for them. They, they, no, every game counts. Every game matters. So I think the Pelicans are going to come out guns blazing. They finna get a jazz, all they can handle. And so, yeah, it's, it's finna go down, man. It's finna, I think the Pelicans gonna go ahead and, and get that dub. Um, I got them beating the jazz tonight. Then Clippers and Lakers. That's a that's an interesting matchup. I mean, this is where everybody thinks it's gonna be the Western Conference Finals come playoff time. Very likely can be. Uh I'm going to go ahead and go – I kind of tend to go with the Lakers. Um, of course, you know, the Clippers, they'll be without Lou. So, I'm just – I'm even though the Lakers are missing Avery Bradley, they're missing Rondo, I'm going to still go ahead and go with the Lake Show. We got we got AD with the goggles. I'm feeling that. So, I'm, I'm going to go with the Lake Show on this one. I have – there, there are no basketball reasons why I'm going to the Lakers. I mean, this, this isn't that kind of game. I don't really, I don't really just 
you know, it, it's a, it's a regular season game, man. Like I said, I think both teams are going to be trying to gear themselves up for the playoffs. So I don't know if they're just going to necessarily just be going just at each other's necks. But I'm going to go ahead and go with the Lakers um, on this matchup. But, yeah, keeping things keeping things rolling, man, keeping things rolling. Just going to talk about Let's get into the what well, uh, I mentioned before on Twitter and on Instagram, what this podcast is going to be, what this episode is about. We're talking about the top international prospects. Um, been Been looking at a lot of film and... Well, you know, we're gonna go ahead and get into things. It's, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and let y'all know. I'm gonna shake the table a little bit with this. I'm gonna shake the table a little bit, but um, I'm go the top ten. We're gonna start with ten, work our way up to number one. At number ten, man, it's my boy Henry Drill from Estonia, six nine Ford. Um, I mean Henry, they're back playing basketball. Uh, over. You know, over in uh in Europe and everything and with Estonia they play Latvia in the the in this tournament Henry did his thing though Estonia won 84-67 uh in the Baltic Way tourney Henry had 16 points, three boards, two steals, one assist. So look, they back playing ball and my boy back at it. He's doing his thing. He's a nice he's a nice prospect though. Um like I mentioned 69 can attack the basket has a solid handle he's uh continuing working on that handle how his handle continues to develop and his uh, ability to catch and shoot continues to develop that's going to be big for his maturation as a player but he does have a nice handle he has a nice form um he knocked down a couple three-pointers in that game off of catch and shoot so, you know, his shot is continuing to improve. He's going to need to, you know, of course, add weight. I mean, 6'9", 190 is not an ideal size. You know, he's going to want to continue to add weight, get bigger. But with that length and um, the, the guard-like movements he has, that ability, he does favor to to be a very solid, you know, possible two-way type player. Um, but you know, I believe... He's not ready necessarily to play in the NBA right now. He could definitely be a drafting stash type guy. Uh, somebody that a team takes a chance on drafting right now and maybe um, he continues to play overseas for another year or so or they put him into a G League program and uh, put him in the G League, let him develop in the G League, let him do his thing there and go from there. So um, but I definitely think he has a... He's someone who profiles for having a nice future in the NBA. So we'll see if he can. Uh, he's one of my he's my number 10 prospect. Uh, number nine. Omar Sela. Uh He's from Senegal, six, seven with a seven two wingspan. Um, he's not really a small forward. He's he's a he's a big plays like a big. He's undersized. But I mean, man, you go look at you go look at his tape. Dude is, it's crazy some of the stuff he can do. He's he's extremely athletic. He, he is bouncy. Get in his way if you want to. He will dunk on you. Please don't get in his way. He's going he gonna to punch it in your face. But 
his physical profile is is crazy. Um, I kind of like him to the Singali and Josh Smith. Like, dude is left-handed. Uh, he can board. He'll get the board. He can bring it up himself. Um, can make them, can make some passes. Uh, but if he, he gets a lane, he is trying to throw it down. Crazy dunks. Crazy dunks. Um, would be a nice roll man in the pick and roll. Uh, very, very quick second, uh, second jump. He can, you know, uh, he profiles well to be a nice offensive rebounder. Um, I mentioned like, you know, he's, he's very much like Josh Smith. You know, he, he can shoot a little bit. He has a solid looking form. He ain't, his percentages, like I said, he shoot like Josh Smith. His percentages like Josh Smith too. He ain't, he ain't the best three point shooter at this point. He's not the best. Doesn't have the best uh, field goal percentage, but um, the talent's there. The talent is definitely there. He, when you watch him play, he pops out to you. Now, he has to try to put this all together consistently. Um, he's gonna be easy. He profiles well as a nice shot blocker too. Like I mentioned, he's super athletic. He's a great help side defender. Will will send will block your stuff into the stands. He will send your stuff to the crowd. I'm trying to I'm trying to be careful about the words I use, but yeah, he gonna he gonna swatch you though. He gonna get that out of here. You know what I'm saying? So don't don't come in there weak. But um still has to be known. We'll we'll still see just how well of a perimeter defender he could be if he gets switched out into a guard. But um but when it comes to being the help side defender, he's got that down pack. Uh but yeah, he has to get he has to get more consistent with his offensive game. He's he has a long ways to go. The talent's there, the athleticism is there. He's still trying to put it all together on the basketball court. But another nice draft and stash type of player, or um, someone you can put in on put in your G League team and develop for a, a couple seasons, and you know go from there. Now number eight. I have Theo Maladon, guard out of France. Um, Maladon, he's a he's a very smart player, very high IQ player. I like his game. I like how he how he sees the court. Makes most of the time makes the right read. Makes very good reads. Um, works well out of the pick and roll. If you if you go under, uh, he can he can square himself up to knock down a spot up shot, a spot up three. Um, attacks the rim well off the pick and roll. Uh, he's not the most athletic guy. Doesn't have a crazy athletic profile, but he's just a a smart player. Just a just a smart player. Just a good player. Um, I don't think he just has the the highest ceiling. But I feel like when you draft him, you know you're getting a good player. He's someone that you'll be able to to add into your rotation, add into the mix, and he should be a guy who you know just plays solid basketball for a while. So, I mean, for a team later in the first round of draft, you know he's just a, a good pick if you just want someone if you need someone to add to your team who's um just gonna be good. So, I like Maladon, a uh, smart smart point guard. And he should fare well in the NBA. Uh, keeping things rolling. <clears throat> Number seven, we have 
Abdulye Ndoye. Lord forgive me if I uh, butchered that pronunciation, but he's a he's a wing from Cholette, uh, like six seven, wingspan over seven feet. It, the thing I love the most about this player, he's definitely gonna be a two way guy in the league. We, six, he's a wing, and your wingspan's over seven feet. I mean, he he defends, he plays the passing well, the passing lanes well. He's a good on-ball defender. He's going to be a two-way in the league. But the thing I love the most about him is his pace. Oh, my goodness. When you watch him play, his pace is so smooth. When he has the ball, whether it's uh, on the wing by himself or in a pick-and-roll situation, just how he how he moves with the ball is is very smooth. His pace is, is very well. He sets up defenders, give them a... Give him a hesitation and a cross, explode, get to the rack, finish, or he'll put a floater up. But his pace, how he just plays basketball, I really like. That's what I love the most about him. Um, like I mentioned, he can get to the rim and finish. He can he he might pull up occasionally, but most of the time when he puts his head down, he's trying to get to the rack. And if he's getting to the rack, it's either to finish or he'll make the right pass to dump it off to a big when someone steps up and helps. Or if you pinch too much, he'll hit that corner man. He'll make the right read. He can knock down shots in his own right. If you go under the screen, he'll spot, he'll size himself up, get his feet right and pull up and hit the shot. Um, He's not. He's not at the level of SGA, but his game kind of profiles that of a of a SGA or a even a, a more modern Sean Livingston. His game is similar in that in that respect because his form is similar, <clears throat> and so I just really when you have someone who's that who's six seven and has a seven plus wingspan can get to the rack has a has a nice touch nice floater can can get can knock down spot up shots um is a willing passer is a good defender he warrants a first round pick um he might end up probably going late in the second but i think he's gonna be a really good player in the league and whoever gets him he's a little older you know he's he's 21 22 around there he's older well, you ain't like these guys that's gonna be 18 that a lot of teams gonna be seeking after but you're getting a good guy you're getting a good player and yeah I, I really I really enjoy his game I can't emphasize this enough his pace is, is amazing um <clears throat> keeping things rolling man number six and an interesting player Leandro Balmaro Another wing from Argentina. Um, when you watch him with Argentina, you might not be really impressed, but he really, you know, displays his skills um, with the team he played for his in uh, Barcelona. Um, very quirky kind of player. Very, very different. Um, he can, he could potentially be a steal in this draft. Um, can handle the ball very well. That's where he's at his best. He's a wing, 
And he's at his best when he has the ball in his hands. Uh, he's going to continue to improve his off-ball skills, continue to improve his catch-and-shoot ability. But he, you really see how skilled and how nice he is when he has the ball. He's, been, he's able to be that playmaker, uh, shot-creator type role of a player. When he has the ball, he get, he's in the pick and roll. He can come off the pick, get to the rack, several different finishes, several like different Euro steps. He's definitely, he's definitely a disciple of, of Ginobili. Definitely a Ginobili disciple. That, you know, that Argentina connection, you can tell he watched a lot of uh, Manu growing up, you know. Gr- crazy, you know, crazy different Euro step finishes, wrong foot layup finishes at the rack. Um can make the right passes, uh, has just showed the ability to, to shoot off the pick and roll, to pull up and knock down the mid-range J or to shoot a three-point shot. But he's nice. Balmaro is nice. Um, great in transition. He, get out, he gets out on the break. He'll, excuse me, he'll push the ball, make the right read. Uh, or he'll take it all the way to the rack again, going his going his Duffy. He got a Duffy of different finishes. He's gonna go in his Duffy and put some pull out a Euro step on you. Um, he's smooth, man. He's he he's nice. He's nice. He's a real you. When you watch him, you'll see why I say he's kind of a quirky player, but can pass well. Um, I think the thing with him, he just needs to go in with. Pretty much all these guys in this draft, it just depends on the fit. If he goes to the wrong team, he'll just be another guy that just got drafted, honestly. If he goes to the wrong team, he'll just be another guy who just got drafted. His talent isn't enough to overcome the situation. Um, But I feel like if he goes somewhere where they allow him to display his abilities with the ball in his hands... Don't just throw him out in the corner or something or or anything like that and tell him to just spot up. Will you allow him to have the rock in his hands and to make some plays? That's going to be the perfect situation for him. So teams who, who need that secondary playmaker, who lack who just lack that scoring on the wing like that for real, um, that's the ideal situation for him. Somewhere like... Utah, because, I mean, Balmaro, he profiles similarly to Joe Ingles. And, you know, Ingles' best days are behind him. No no disrespect to Joe. You know, Joe a hooper, but, you know, my boy Joe Ingles, his his best days are behind him. He So it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of that time and for Utah to be trying to find that guy who can maybe step in and play a similar role and, Balmaro would be a good pick for him. So, and plus, we, when we talk about these players, you just you kind of have to you have to put a, a boost and an emphasis on wings who can really handle the ball. Like, just look at the league, man. If you're a wing who can handle the ball, you're you're of value. You're of high value. So Balmaro, with his ability to be able to handle the ball as a as a as a longer forward as a small forward is very it'll be crucial and key and he can find himself on sticking around the league and being a a very valuable player i could see him potentially like in five five six years from now being 
how like Joe Ingles was considered a, a top 55, top 50 player in the NBA at his peak. So that's my spilling ball tomorrow. I think he's I think he's a good prospect, someone to look out for on draft day. He's going to get picked up. Number five, man, going on up. <clears throat> he's one of my favorites. And another player who I think he, he, fit will be key. Number five, RJ Hampton. Uh, combo guard from play with the New Zealand this past year overseas. <clears throat> he struggles some. He's not a natural point guard. Uh, he, he's a combo guard. He's not a natural point guard. He can play some point, but that's not, you know, you're not going to get the best out of RJ playing him at point guard, I believe. Um, but when you just watch him play, man, his ability to go to the rack. Like he will, you know, he wants to get to the rim. You know, you know, he wants to get to the rim. But is that it's still hard to stop him from getting there? It's still hard to stop him from getting there. Very, very quick. One of the best straight line drivers in this draft will get to the rack, can finish, can dunk, very athletic, very bouncy. Um, he's. He's continuing his his uh, shooting isn't the best at this point. He's an okay shooter. He's not really a good shooter at this point in his development. But um, I've been you know you look at videos of him. He's continuing to to improve his mechanics. His form is getting better. Um, I think he'll be a good catch and shoot guy. I like his touch. I mean even though his shot just isn't there yet. I like his I like his shooting touch when he does shoot. Um, you know, he's he's improving in that area. And I think as he gets into the NBA, he's going to continue to be- improve and become a better shooter, and eventually be a very capable catch and shoot guy. Um, and definitely will be able to his shots off the dribble because you have to respect his ability to get to the rack. Because he will get he's going to get to the rack, so you have to respect and you have to play him as such. Um, I think just kind of going off on, you know, what will be the best for RJ. We watch it. You know, we, we watch basketball, basketball. We, we, it's not, it's not that complicated. It's, you know what I'm saying? We see teams put together situations where, and you can learn from the, the type of teams they put together. So I say that to say we see what the Houston Rockets are doing. Houston has James Harden. You can give him the ball and just let him go to work. Everybody else just spread the court and play off of him. We see what he's doing. And we're seeing what Russell Westbrook could have been doing his whole career. Being that off, being being, he's not necessarily a point guard, but being that off ball guard playing off of someone like that, with uh everybody else spacing the floor and just giving Russ just free space to just get to the rack and just go crazy. Russ has been going crazy with James. Them two have been a crazy d- dynamic duo. Crazy dynamic duo. I think a situation that's very similar that would be the best for RJ. It's to go to Dallas. 
I think Dallas would be the best fit. I think we would get the best out of RJ Hampton if he plays for Dallas. Um, look at Luca. Luca's in that similar mode to James, where they just give him the ball and let him go to work. Let him do him. The offense revolves around Luca. Uh, Dallas needs athleticism. They need some more athleticism on their team. RJ Hampton's going to bring the athleticism. And if you let RJ play off of Luca, and the Mavs already, by the numbers, have one of the best offenses in league history, and you throw him into the mix, you it could be something special. It could be something special. Um, this is a weird draft, man, where... <laughs> You know, when we when we do the redraft of this five or ten years from now, we could be looking at guys who were picked pick 17, 23, 11, all over the place, and they'll be the top picks if we redrafted down the line. I think RJ has a chance to be one of the top players in this draft, but he just needs to go to a situation where it fits his strengths where he, you know I'm saying? The system is, is going to be a system where he could succeed in. I don't think you, you should ask him to be your point guard. I think if you play him in that Westbrook type of role where he's that off, excuse me, that secondary playmaker, that off guard, that off ball guard, I think he could go crazy, crazy, especially a team with some court spacing with some shooters. Cause he's getting to the rack. So Really, really like R.J. Hampton. R.J. to Dallas. Please make that happen, Dallas. You will not regret it. Number four on my list, I have Denny Avita. Denny Avita from Israel, the youngest MVP in uh, Israeli league history. Uh, Denny is... 6'9 can play the three or the four. Uh, a lot of people see him as a four. I can see him. I mean, I really see him playing both. Um, more three, personally. But Danny is. He's solid athleticism. Uh, great at attacking the basket. At this point in his career, at this stage, he's not a good sh- uh, a good shooter. He's improving. His mechanics are solid. Um, Derek Murray on Twitter, he had tweeted out that over the last 12 games that Denny has shot 32.8% from three compared to shooting in the mid-20s, um, the low-20s, actually, th- this season beforehand like the last 26 games he wasn't a good three-point shooter at all this season but he's improved his last few games um but he's a great playmaker i was watching his uh his team maccabee they were playing in championship game the team had some uh you got they had some some guys who had some league experience man they got quincy ac had amari uh They were on. They 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 did their thing. They won the championship. But I was watching that game. Man, there's some times where you just like, wow, he really is a nice playmaker. He really is a nice playmaker. Like he makes it happen. He makes some plays happen. He will be driving to the rack, whether it's in the half court set, 
the fast break and transition, it doesn't matter. When he's driving, he is attacking, but his eyes are still up. He's, his eyes are still up. If you step up too much, help too much, he's making the right pass. He's making the dish. If you, if um, he's going to make the right pass to the corner man or he'll get to the rack and finish himself, I mean, dude is, dude is a really nice secondary playmaker. He's just actually, he's just a nice playmaker in general. I wouldn't just run my offense through him, but if he has the ball, he's going to do his thing. He's going to do his thing and make the right read. Uh, he can even have the ball in the post. And if you try to throw a double team at him, he'll make the right pass. So he's a very nice passer. Um, at this point, he's definitely more of a slasher than he is a shooter at this stage of his career. He can get to the rack, make make different uh, different types of layups, different finishes. <clears throat> he's also a, a solid defender, will stay in front of this man, a good help side defender. That's why a lot of people can see him playing a four. Um, I like his game. He's he's someone I mentioned about how we love wings who can handle the ball and make plays. He's definitely someone. If his shot continues to develop, like I wouldn't be surprised down the line if he's like one of the best players in this draft. Like he's going to be good, but he if his shot continues to develop. He could be one of the best players in this draft. He reminds me in some uh, in, in some respects of Gordon Hayward. Um, Gordon in college, I mean, of course, he was he won Conference Player of the Year uh, his last year at Butler. Um, Denny is similar in the in the respect that like Gordon Gordon can shoot, but he wasn't just knocked down. His first year at Butler, he was he was cash from three. He shot like forty some percent, and then uh, he struggled his second his sophomore year. It's like thirty percent from three point range at Butler. But um, Denny is Denny is similar. Denny can get to the rack, can create just like how Gordon can get to the rack, create, make the right read, make the right pass. Both of them have solid shooting mechanics. Um, of course, Gordon is a much better shooter right now. If Denny can continue to improve his three. He could be that's like the ceiling, I think, for him to be like a Gordon Hayward type. And if you get like Utah Gordon Hayward, I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's a nice that's a really good player. That's a that's a borderline all star right there. So um I think that's like pretty much his ceiling. He's like that then he's like a slight risk. He's gonna be good, but you know, he he does have that potential to to be to be uh, a really, really nice player. So um, I like him. I like his game. He also kind of reminds me at times of uh, Batum, Portland Batum. But again, for him to really be that, that shot has to get there. That shot has to continue to improve. And so we'll see about that. We'll see how that um, part of his game continues to develop because that's going to be key. However great he is, is, is going to be due to his jumper. Point blank, period. It's that simple. Uh, number three. This, like I said, we, I'm shaking the table a little bit. I'm shaking the table a little bit. Number three, I have Killian Hayes from France. 
point guard out of France. Um, Killian is dude's a pick and roll wizard. When he's he can make any pass with his left hand. Uh, he's a pick and roll wizard. Very smart. He can he can be in a pick and roll on the left side of the court and come off the pick and dot the corner man on the opposite on the opposite corner. And he, he can just make he can make any pass in the book with his left hand. He can make the bounce pass, the over the top pass, the lob pass, uh the straight line dish. Um he just whenever he is going to his left side, he is cold blooded. He is tough. He he can do his thing in the pick and roll. But He gotta get that right hand together. He's a whole a completely different player with his right hand. That's kind of what and I'm not gonna really even just harp on um some of the bad things. Well, not necessarily bad, but some of his his struggles. But like I mentioned, man, he's a pick and roll wizard. Um at this point in his career, he already is incorporating step backs and sidestep, sidestep moves into his bag as he when he shoots. And if he makes that consistently, he gonna be tough. He gonna be real tough. Um, I see a lot of people have to him. There's several people who have him as their top guard, and I can understand why. He's gonna be a good player. There's no doubt about that. He's the way he thinks about the game, and you can see on the court, he's way too smart and already pretty skilled. To not be a good player. He's going to be good. Um, like He's already doing those James Harden side steps and step back shots. He's not knocking it down consistently. But he's already adding those into his bag. He's a, he's a, a much improved shooter than where he was at this point last season, last year. Um, he's a better shooter off the dribble. His catch and shoot ability isn't there yet. It's it's not good. Uh, his mechanics are off with his catch and shooting shot. Is his it's the way he 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 sets up his feet. He doesn't hop into his shot. He drags the foot, and so instead of being already set and hopping into the shot when he gets the pass, he's he's dragging his feet and he is it just throws his shot off. So he's not a good catch and shooter at this point. And teams want to work on that with him in the league. If he continues to become a better catch and shooter and can become a much better player off ball, he's just going to be that much more dangerous. He'll take his game up to another height. But at this point, he just, you got to let him have the ball. He's got to run the offense. But um, like I mentioned, man, he, he's a completely different player compared going to left and going to right. When he's driving right and dribbling with his right, he'll pick his dribble up early. Uh... He's not comfortable comfortable making the passes that he makes with his left hand with his right hand. If he's throwing a t- if he gets a turnover, there's eighty percent chance he threw with his right hand. He's not trying to do he's not trying to do much with his right, and that's going to have to change. Have to if a team can, especially in the playoffs, if a team can game plan knowing that you just are just going left, man, they nah, it ain't gonna work. But 
I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, again, he's a he's a safe pick to me. He's someone who should get you like 17 points and six, seven assists. Um, I don't know if he's going to be a star. Depends on the development of his, pretty much with everybody, the development of his shot um, and, and his right hand. If his right hand continues to improve and gets on par that same level with his left, oh, and he keeps on, he becomes a a very nice shooter. Oh, shoot, it's going to be on and popping. You know what I'm saying? Killian going to be tough, but uh, he's definitely at least going to be good. But the reason, is the reason, that's the reason I have him at three, though, because I think he's going to be good. I think the next two players especially the one I'm about to talk about next, number two, have really had the opportunity to be some really good slash great players. Um, my second best prospect, international prospect, Alexei Pokashevsky out of, out of Serbia. Um, you probably were like, who? You probably haven't heard of this guy. Um... He's seven footer, 195 pounds, dripping, soaking wet, soaking wet, 195, seven feet, legit seven feet tall, though. Legit seven footer. Um, I'll just go ahead and I mean, I'm just go ahead and say it like his his skill set is crazy Uh, as for him to be as fluid as he is of a basketball player because he moves like he plays like a guard. A legit, legit seven footer, dribble. You go look up the tape. Go, 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 pull him up. Legit seven footer who dribbles like a guard. It is, it is natural. Everything he does on the court is just natural. It's, it's like he's just, he was just born to, born with these skills. Nobody else really plays like this at his size. And so, that's why, that's part of why I'm so big on him. This draft, there aren't any Cade Cunninghams. There aren't any Imani Bates. There, there aren't any guys who you just be like, yeah, he going to be one of the top 10 players for sure in the NBA in five years. Like you, There's some guys who could be. Everything plan, pans out perfectly, but it's not that guy. So that's why I'm more inclined. That's why I really... I really like Poku because look at the league, dude. Like Giannis, seven feet. KD, you might as well say seven feet. Um, Jokic, guys who are that tall and that skilled have been successful. Uh, Porzingis, Ike. This, the, the, this, the, the tools that Poku has, if he pulls all, if everything comes together, because he is a great, he's a great ball handler, dribbles like a guard, will cross you up, get to the rack, finish. Um, you can give him the ball, whether it's on the fast break, he'll bring it up himself, board it, bring it up, make the right pass, or half-court offense, he'll have the ball, you can let him run the pick and roll. Like, 
He is that smooth with that ball handling. He can, he's going to make the right pass. His vision is great. He's seven feet, so he sees everything on the floor. He's going to make the right read. Um, yeah, he's just, like I mentioned, he's just 195 soaking wet. There's times, so strength and weight are a concern. Definitely a concern. And there also another concern is his motor. Like you see how I talked about how talented and how skilled he is. Great, greatly talented, greatly skilled. But sometimes it all it doesn't always show. It doesn't always um display itself in games. One game he might be going dummy and have a triple double. Another game he's just out there. Um But I I will take the I will take a chance on him. I will take the chance on him. Especially in this draft. I will take the chance on him. Like someone to have those tools and gifts that he has at seven feet. I'm not gonna sit here and say he's next Giannis or anything like that, because Giannis is a an athletic specimen, just a freak of nature. But He could be a really, really good piece, a great piece. He could be a great player. Like, you no, know, he can really he could, he he shows he shows some abilities that like Lamar Odom had when Lamar was in his prime, and I think shoot prime Lamar Odom now would be a hooper. He'd be a dog in today's league. Lamar was before his time. But he's kind of similar to that respect, similar to to Tony Kukoc, just those those tall guys who are just supremely talented, supremely gifted with guard skills. That's how Poku is. Um, I mentioned he's seven feet, but he's not a center. He's not a center. I think he would be best at the four position. Um, I mentioned how fluid he is. It's not just on offense, even on defense. He can open up his hips, chase you down, and block your stuff off the glass as a seven footer. But he he like he's doing that like as a guard though. Like you know, for him, he ain't just one of those seven footers who's just catching you lacking at the rim, who's already at the rim and blocking your stuff. Like most rim protectors, like you know, Rudy Gobert or something. No, he's opening up his hips, chase hawking you down, smack off the glass. He's doing it like that. That's stuff that KD and Giannis do. It just seems too obvious for me to all these other players. Why not take a chance on him? Why not? Did we not learn this lesson with Giannis? Let's look look at all those guys who got drafted before Giannis. Yeah, Giannis played out in 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 a bad division, a bad league. And all that stuff, but how much does that matter when you just look at somebody's profile, somebody's talents and skills, and their tool in their toolbox? Um, I mentioned like the concerns I mentioned are his his strength and size. Uh, his shot, his shot. He he can be a good shooter, but I think right now it isn't consistent because he just isn't that strong. Um. He he has several different releases uh, because, you know, he's not that strong. His base isn't that strong yet. I think in the NBA weight room, I think he's going to put on some strength, add some weight, 
and it's just going to make him that much better. He's just going to become that much better. I would, would rather take a chance on a guy who I need to add strength on, like who who has all the natural abilities. I just need to get him stronger. We can put you in the weight room and get you stronger. We can get you and get your diet on point and get you stronger. How he's going to be lifting and eating out here is not the same. It's not what he's doing right now. Uh, playing for uh, Olympiacos. I'm I'm pretty confident their strength and conditioning program is not on the same tier or level as NBA. So give me that guy. Give me him. We're going to get him right. And what's going to be the sign, the, the telling sign for him? Because he isn't going to be an immediate, immediate impact player, I don't think. I think you have to kind of bring him up, nurture him, and you'll you'll see the dividends of everything three seasons from now. But if he messes around and, like, his second year is, like, an impact player, like you see him really making an impact on the game consistently, then good luck. Good luck for the rest of the league. Because if he comes in early making plays, because I don't, I don't think he's really going to be put in that position. But if he just if he's that nice and comes in like, you know, even if he messes around like next year is, is a nice player. Because I think he is a project. I think he's going to be a couple years. Cause just just because you have to get his strength up and, and everything. You have to get... He has to gain some weight. He has to get stronger. But if he if he's making plays in his first or second year, like, as a as an impact player, ha! Hey, man, it's going to be only popping because he has... There's no other player like him in his draft. There isn't. There just simply isn't. So, yeah. I'm... I will have Alexei Pokashevsky as my second best international player. That's that's just me. That's, I'm fine with that. I'm comfortable with that. If I could, if I could get him on my team. If I'm a team like, I don't know. Uh, shoot, let's see. Charlotte. Um. Even. I mean, because you know. Charlotte, Charlotte needs a star. Why not take a chance on him, bro? Why not take a chance on him? Who, who is Charlotte having a roster? You're just like, oh my goodness. You know what I'm saying? They don't have no just no no set piece to build upon. Now, if you want someone's going to make an immediate impact and just put up numbers, well, shoot, you know, get James Wiseman. He's going to go. He's going to put up numbers off the gate. You know what I'm saying? Off the muscle. He's going to do his thing off, off the muscle. He's uh, going to get you 18 and, and 11. But if you want someone who can maybe potentially, you know, be a guy that's that's a piece that helps start the, the swing, the franchise's look, get Poku. Poku may be in... I really like the thought of Poku. I don't know if the Pelicans would do this. If they don't make, if he's if he's there, I would like to see Poku with the Pelicans. Let Zion run the five and Poku at the four, potentially. Just imagine, just imagine what that could be. We know what Zion is about. Now imagine Zion in three, four seasons. 
And now we see, you see how skilled Poku is. I imagine Poku stronger and playing that four spot with Zion in that front court. <laughs> Woo! Hey, Pelicans, make that happen. Make that happen, New Orleans. But yeah, uh, that's, who, that's who I really like. And then New Orleans has a team that honestly could take the time to let him develop. Like, they have players right now. They're going to be really good again next season. They don't need him to come in and ball out. So they can take their time getting him right. And he could be like their Michael Porter Jr. With how like Denver is um, going through their progression with MPJ. So, yeah. Number one, if you hadn't, you already should know by now, more than likely. You know what I'm saying? If you hadn't, off, based off a of process of elimination, I had LaMelo Ball number one. My top international prospect um, played in Australia. Um, you know, I mean, what, what more do we have to say about Melo? Like, you know, he's a sensational passer, um, crazy passer. His, his, his IQ is, is, you know, amazing. Basketball IQ is amazing. He sees stuff. Um, when most people normally see it, he sees it a second, a whole second, if not maybe two seconds before it happens. He sees he sees everything on the court, can make all the passes, whatever pass he needs to make, he can make. Uh, and he can add some flash to it, too. He can throw, he can put some drip on it. You know what I'm saying? He's he's nice with it like that. Um, has range, isn't a consistent shooter at this stage. But has range. We'll need to clean up his mechanics. And teams will do that. That ain't no problem. Well, Shane Sharp said, that ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. You need to clean up his mechanics. Um, people question his defensive ability. He is a 6'7 point guard. I think, I think just like we didn't talk about Zoe being a two-way threat when he was coming out of college, I think Melo is going to be fine on defense he is most definitely going to be a, a problem in the passing lanes he's going to get passing lane steals he's a smart point guard you don't think he's going to see the passes you want to make coming <laughs> he, he's going to get steals easy when it comes to playing passing lanes so i think and i also think anybody's going to be able he's going to move his feet and he'll be fine on defense he'll be an adequate at least he'll be at least an average on ball defender if he moves his feet he's six seven checking your point guard I don't think he's going to just be out there just playing chop liver defense. If he wants to stay on the floor, he's going to play defense. So by default, he's going to be a he's going to be a good defender. So I really don't have too many concerns about his uh about his defense. Now, offensively speaking, I feel like if you want to get the best LaMelo You gotta let you gotta let Melo be Melo. Just like the Hawks let Trey be Trey, Rick Carlisle and Dallas let Luca be Luca. If you want the best Melo, let Melo be Melo on offense. Um, that's why, like you know, I we I've had this discussion before. Before I struggle with him being like. If the Warriors get the top pick and the Warriors take him, of course he's a he's a great talent, but I just don't 
I don't think he'll be able to go. He's not going to be able to go. Ain't no thing. He's not going to be able to go to Golden State and just, you know, do what he needs to do. Be him. Now, he goes to the Knicks or the Pistons or wherever he goes, somewhere like that. The coach, you just let him be him. And even the Knicks now, I don't know if Tibbs letting him do that. So the Knicks would be that's a, that's a good question. You know how is he gonna how is he gonna fit in New York, knowing that they have Tibbs as the head coach? Do we think Tibbs is just gonna let let Melo just go? You know, do whatever he does on offense. I'm not sure. So, but yeah, I really I'm really high on Melo. Um, he could. I mean, he could. It could be an all-star. It could be the best player in his draft. But like I mentioned before, fit. Fit is so important and critical to the ceiling that these prospects reach. These guys aren't just the guys that you just throw at any team and they're going to be amazing. Fit is going to be critical to everybody, um, to all these players in this draft. There are some very good, good talented players, but where where they end up is going to really be key in their overall development. And if they reach the ceiling that a lot of us um, could see them potentially reaching. But, yeah, that's that's my list. Uh, y'all let me know what y'all think. Uh, you can get at me on Twitter at Chris underscore Bolton underscore 12. You can get at me on Instagram at Chris dot Bolton underscore. Uh, tell me what you guys think. And again, subscribe to the pod. Do that for your boy. We got some, I got some old things cooking up, coming up soon. Um, I'm get back into talking with different, uh, Writers and people uh, who've been who are very you know connected to some of these teams and been watching them all season. Going to have a, a pod coming up soon talking about you know the Pistons draft needs, who they should possibly be looking at. Um, like I mentioned, of course, you know the regular season's back, getting back at it. We're going to talk about you know how the how the games, how these teams are looking, who might be you know probably the most dangerous teams in in the bubble. Uh, we're going gonna to give our all NBA awards, MVP, uh, defensive player of the year, first team, second team, third team, all NBA. You're going to be doing that real soon. So, yeah, you got some things cooking up for you. You got some things coming up for you guys real soon. I hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Uh, appreciate you all listening. Man, uh, I had some music playing in the background. You probably heard it was my boy Fabio Da Vinci. Had his album playing Walls. Be sure to go cop that. Go check that out. But yeah, man, I appreciate y'all tuning in. Appreciate y'all listening. It's been real. Holla at you next time. Later.